listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the unique bilingual nature of our city's culture, sharing the voices and thoughts of young people growing up and living in the city we call home. Hi, I'm Sky from Kelly, and today I have a special guest. I'll let her introduce herself to you. Hi, I'm Kowal, and I'm an Indian born and raised in Hong Kong. So I'm Chinese, so my last name is Siu, and for most of Chinese names, our last name comes first. Your surname comes first. Uh, what is it like for you guys? Your your surname is Kor, correct? Where does that position in your name? So the word, like the name Kor, it's actually not it's not a family name, but instead people who believe in Sikhism. So all the females have the word Kor next to their name. You can put it before or after. Um, the word itself means princess. According to the definition I learned when I attended the summer camp, but for girls they put the name Kor, and for guys they put the name Singh. I'm pretty sure you've heard of like people calling Indian boys or men like a Singh, like you know. So yeah, that's where the Singh comes from. So like Singh is for men. So my brother, my dad, my grandpa, like all they all have the the name Singh. And for me, my sister, my mom, and a lot of females who believe in Sikhism. So I myself come from a Sikh family. So we put the name Kor next to our name. So it's not actually your last name or surname, but it's just a part of your name then. Yeah, it's a part of my name, and it's because of my religious identity. Very cool. So, Kawal, where are you in life right now? Uh, I'm currently studying at the University of Hong Kong. I'm studying the Bachelor of Arts and majoring in comparative literature and minoring in gender studies and journalism. Wow, that's actually a lot of things from there. How did you end up, you know, doing all of that? How did you choose that? Originally, I, when I I was applying for my degrees, I wanted to apply for journalism, but for some reasons I couldn't get in, so I ended up choosing arts. And I feel like with gender studies, it actually comes under arts. And after coming into university, I got the chance to like attend a lot of events and workshops. Really Related to issues around this topic, so that's what sparked my interest in choosing this as my minor. Very cool. So, has getting into university like how significant was that for you and your family as an ethnic minority growing up here in Hong Kong? I feel like there's always competition, like getting into university, and especially me being the first child in the family, it was a pretty big deal. Considering how I also have two siblings behind me, and they are also trying to get a spot in university, so I would say it's a pretty big deal. And I didn't sit for the Chinese public examination, so. I took another examination to replace that, and I feel like using that to get into university would be a pretty big deal. Oh wow! So you didn't do the DSE exam? Oh, no, I sat for the DSE exam for my other subjects except for Chinese. So for Chinese, I took the GCE Chinese exam in Form Four. How is that different from what other people take in terms of the Chinese language? It's different because I don't have to sit for the normal classes that local Chinese students sit for, and I feel like because my Chinese ability is obviously not as good as the local Chinese. So basically, we have like a separate set of exam papers where they're more easier and the questions are basically more fit for people who don't speak Chinese as their first language. That's cool. So tell me about that moment when you found out that you got into university. Um, I think, like many other students, like obviously I was really like anticipating the day when the results were out, and I just remember I was traveling in the MTR, and obviously the network was not that good, so <laughs> I was like trying to refresh my page so many times, and then I just remember the moment when I refreshed the page and I found out I got my degree, like Bachelor of Arts, and the first thing I did was. Obviously, like call my mom, and I just remember that day so well because the moment I called my mom, she was obviously she was happy for me. But the first thing she said was, "Oh, so like, what do I tell my friends? Like, what is my daughter studying now?"
out. And in my head, I was just like, wait a minute. So she's asking me this not because she, like, does she even care about what I got? Like, is she just asking me because she wants to, like, show off to her friends? And I just remember, like, that day was supposed to be something super happy and something that they should be proud of. But instead, it just made me feel like they were just using me as, like, an accessory to, like, show off to their friends. And it just ended up with me and my mom getting into this argument. <laughs> but, like, yeah, later we sorted it out. And I think I just misunderstood what she was saying. And she was just saying that because, obviously, yeah, she was, like, proud of me. And she just saw it as something that it deserves attention. So that's why she just wanted to tell my relatives. And that is why she asked. But, like, in my head, it just was, like, a completely different scenario. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's so interesting. I think the way that we communicate with our parents is so different. Because the way that, I mean, we see the world is often different from the way that they see it right do you think it's something that you know it's more indian or it's just your family culture um i think it's something a lot of not only my family but maybe a lot of asian families also like have the same situation because especially for students whose parents came from a different country for example my mom and dad they came to hong kong from india when they were 21 and i feel like the way they grew up is so different from the way we are growing up now so there's obviously the generation gap and the way they talk to their parents or the way they receive their education was so different from how we are getting our opportunities now so I feel like that's where sometimes the communication gap lies yeah so I feel like maybe it's not just my family and I feel like a lot of maybe my ethnic minority friends or friends whose families have immigrated from like other countries can relate to is there something that you have found now that you're no longer in secondary school but now you're in university have you found that there is a difference between how your family was like growing up compared to your other friends and mates um, I feel like growing up in Hong Kong, I had strict parents growing up, so I was kind of like afraid to like voice out my opinions. But I think around the age of 14 or 15, I kind of went through that, you know, rebellious teenage kid phase. And like, I was just trying to do everything against what my parents were saying. So my parents would be like, you know, like, oh, come, come home on time. Go, don't do this. Like, we can stay at home. And I just wanted to do everything that was against what they were saying. So I feel like rather than distancing me and my parents, but it kind of like brought us closer because I feel like I used that as an opportunity to like voice out how I felt and I just remember telling my mom like my mom and dad chose to come to Hong Kong and I feel like obviously like the way I'm gonna grow up is so different from the way they grew up right so plus they grew up in like the village and whereas I'm like in the city and it's gonna be it's so hard to like stay indoors and like not go out and do stuff in Hong Kong so I just remember having that conversation with my mom and I feel like that really brought us closer because I became more comfortable with voicing out my opinions and I feel like she kind of like became more comfortable with understanding where I was coming from and I feel like after coming into university I just remember the biggest step for me was moving into a dorm and you know like coming from a super conservative Indian family it was pretty big deal like for their daughter to like move out at such an early age. Is it because most times you would be living with your family the whole time? Yeah because basically I lived with my family like my entire life right and suddenly at the age of 20 I decided I want to move out so my mom and dad were obviously not up for this idea but I just convinced them and I just told them that oh like you know it's just an opportunity and a lot of university kids do it and if I don't do it now like when am I gonna be able to try this out <laughs> and then my dad was like okay fine you can try it for one semester and then I was like okay cool and then I just remembered when that semester ended so basically I had to move back home for the break and <laughs> when the break ended my dad was like oh so when are you moving back out <laughs> 
and then I just took that as like, oh, so he's like, he's okay with me moving back to my dorm. And now I've been staying in my dorm for like two and a half years. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so are you enjoying dorm life then? Yeah, I think dorm life is pretty fun. It's a really different experience living at home because I feel like when you're living at home, you're so comfortable. Like, you know, you come home, there's food on the table, your mom does your laundry for you and like everything's just there for you. But like moving into a dorm, like it's just like I just had to do everything myself. Like I had to like make sure I do my groceries on the weekends and that, so I have enough food for weekdays. Sometimes like I had to cook food in advance when I had classes the next day. Like I had to manage my financial, like my money. Like it just taught me a lot of stuff about being more independent. And I feel like if I were to move out after university, it would make me more like comfortable with that idea. And yeah. So with your family, you know, what's what's that culture like? You know, do they prefer you to stay at home? You know, like most Chinese families, you know, whether it's because of financial reasons or just culturally, you know, we expected to stay with our families until we get married. Is that also similar for you guys? Um, it's quite similar because for my parents, at least, I feel like for them, they're just worried that if I stay out too much, I might, I don't know, I might go into the, like the wrong groups or like start hanging out with the wrong people. So I feel like for them, it's always like the worry that, you know, they... They worked so hard to build this life for us, like to let me and my siblings live comfortably. And if I'm not going back home or if I'm not under their supervision, like I will end up doing something that I might regret. So I feel like it's just that worry. But I feel like if, like if I made that decision to like move out and live in a dorm, I should be held responsible for my actions. So I know that I can't do anything that will end up like disappointing my parents. So I do always keep that in mind before I do, like you know, before I do anything. And yeah, so I feel like I think a lot of a lot of ethnic minorities can relate because. At the end of the day, like our parents didn't have this life, so they worked hard so that we can have a more comfortable life than they did. And I think it's always just that worry in their head. So your parents, you said that they're originally from India. Which part? So my parents are both from India, and we are from Punjab, the northwest of India. And normally my family goes back home once every two years to attend like weddings and just to like uh, visit relatives. Like usually I go back with my family, but last summer I got the chance to travel on my own, which. That's really cool. <laughs> my parents were also not that comfortable with that idea, but I got an internship in Bangalore. So I just like try to explain to, the, to them like, oh, it's a good opportunity. Like I'm gonna learn stuff and experience stuff that I haven't experienced before. Like after like a lot of convincing, my dad was like, okay, like yeah, just go for it. And then. So I, I went to Bangalore and then I spent a month in Punjab by myself for the first time. So it was a really different experience because normally when we go when we go to India, like I just go with my family and like I only spend like one or two weeks, like maximum three weeks. And this time it was just me. So like all the attention was on me and like I was just like, you know, just hanging out with my grandma and like my uh, like my aunties and all my relatives and it was like really really fun experience and plus this was my first time going in the summer like normally my family goes in winter and my mom warned me she's like yeah like good luck looking for the air conditioner or like good luck like dealing with the heat over there <laughs> but yeah like in the end it was it was a pretty good experience and did you have any language challenges I uh, know I speak Punjabi at home so I grew up speaking Punjabi so language wasn't that much of an issue but when I went when I was in Bangalore they don't speak Hindi like they mostly speak Karnataka, which is their language. So it was a bit like different, but I still managed. Like people do speak Hindi and English, so it was still manageable. And for my for the last part of my summer, I went to Mumbai and Pune. And in Pune, I did like a bunch of uh, I did this voluntary work where I stayed in like an institute that takes in women who suffer from mental health issues and are found on the streets. So these women are taken in by like a couple who are both doctors, and it was a really overwhelming experience because. 
normally we read about like you know these women on the street and we read about mental illnesses we watch documentaries but this was my first time witnessing all this in real life and i just remember the first morning that we got there so we had like a two hour break so we just like took a nap and when i woke up i just remember the doctor like the husband he just knocked on our door and he's like oh we just received a patient like would you like to come and see how the whole procedure goes it, this was like 10 in the morning and we like we just saw the ambulance arriving and uh, when they opened the door there was a woman sitting in the ambulance like an old lady and she was like covered in like flies and she was like covered in like dirty clothes and she had a wound and instead of being handled with like proper care it was just covered in like a piece of like dirty cloth and I just remember like this is like so early in the morning like I haven't had like on an empty stomach like witnessing this it was just so like overwhelming and sad and then they basically showed us how they do the entire like cleaning process so the first thing they do when they receive in patients is they basically cut off their hair and their nails because that's what carries the most germs and then they let the woman like take a shower and like clean herself and then they run these tests to make sure she doesn't have any like um, illnesses or diseases and yeah so we basically saw like how they take care of children and pregnant women and like elder women so i think it was a really like intense and overwhelming experience but it's definitely like really like life-changing and i don't think i can ever forget something like that ever yeah what's that something i mean from that kind of experience and then coming back to hong kong uh which is your home what, what were some of your reflections sort of you know coming back to this context um i feel like honestly after that summer it just like really really made me recognize and appreciate the privilege i'm getting like being a woman of color growing up in hong kong like my life here is so different from a lot of women in india or like in other parts of the world so being able to like grow up in like hong kong and being given this opportunity by my parents i feel like my responsibility is not just to take what my parents give me but more like use that as an opportunity to like build more opportunities for myself and it's not just about like you know taking what you're being given but instead using that to like make a difference or like further like use it to like inspire other people that's what I really gained from this experience in last summer. That's cool. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, um, as I'm listening to you, it sounds like, you know, you actually are a pretty active person. You you do a lot of community work and it sounds like, you know, you travel quite a lot as well. So in this time during coronavirus, when so many countries are on lockdown, what's it kind of got you thinking about, like, where are you at now? Um, so actually this semester I was supposed to be going to Taiwan for my exchange but that got cancelled because of the virus. So in the end I ended up taking a gap semester for this this half of the year. What does that look like as in you don't basically this semester you don't have school? Yeah, so HKU gave me the option to like either attend online classes or I could take a gap semester where I take this semester off and I go back to school in September. So in my head, my originally like I thought, oh, it's a gap semester, so I would be using it as an opportunity to maybe like find an internship or like a part-time job or just do something productive that would, you know, like make good use of this free time that I'm given. But in the end, like, you know, everything's like shut down and like a lot of places are not hiring, so I just ended up like staying at home, like staying in my dorm and it just like honestly it's really not what I expected and it does kind of make me a bit sad and I feel like it, it just stresses me out even more because I feel like I'm someone who likes being productive and being productive makes me feel good about myself because I feel like I've accomplished something that day but nowadays like I've been spending my time like sleeping late like you know watching Netflix until like 3 to 4 a.m. and then the next day I wake up at like 2, 3, 4, 5 p.m. and it's just like I feel like I just waste my whole day like not doing much and Honestly, it's a bit like sad and it really like stressed me out and I feel like it makes it even more worse for me because I feel like this is not what I expected my gap semester to look like. 
So, what were you hoping for your gap semester to look like? From what I hear from like other people or what I read like from other like bloggers, like people use this time to like you know go traveling or like to like learn a new hobby or like to get a job or they just do like a lot of stuff that in the end like basically they do things that makes them feel good about themselves or like something that you know something productive or meaningful. But I just feel like everything being shut and this like lockdown, like I can't travel, I can't. Like there's a lot of things that、I'm, my options have been limited now, so I feel like that's what makes it even more like stressful for me, you know, being the person I am. But I feel like I'm just trying to be more positive about it and just trying to take it slow. Like maybe now it's the time for me to like you know just do something that I enjoy, but maybe try to do it like indoors. And yeah, like maybe just wait for this whole situation to be over and then like make good use of my the remaining time I have left. Thank you so much for sharing so honestly. Like I think a lot of people probably are in very similar shoes as you, because we've all been caught off guard, you know. And it's really good to hear that that you're embracing that it sucks, but really, you know, being patient and, and finding a way to, you know, move forward when things return to normal. So, yeah,、uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I'm sure it wasn't so easy to share with everybody, but if you're out there and you're having a similar experience as Kawal, like feel free to let us know. I'm sure she'd love to talk to you about what you guys can do. In this time, <laughs> so speaking of what you have been doing in this time, what are some things that you have been up to? You know,、uh, during your gap year, other than watching Netflix. Um. Oh, so like besides like wasting my time and like watching Netflix all day, I, I've been trying to like make myself a bit more useful throughout the day. So I've been I do tutor from time to time, and I've been reading a lot more. I feel like before my excuse was that oh I have classes, I have work, I don't have time to like read, and now it's just like I'm tr- trying to like. Use some time of my day to like read and maybe like turn off my phone for a bit, so I don't like waste my whole day like looking through social media and scrolling through like Instagram. So I've been like reading and yeah, I went on like、uh, one or two picnics on my rooftop <laughs> with my roommate. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's so sad like being indoors and like not seeing the sun <laughs> like for days. So we just went to the rooftop and we just like cooked a bunch of like stuff and we just went th- we just chilled at the rooftop. And my roommate is a mes- medicine student, so she has like a lot of work to do. But I just sat with her and yeah, just enjoyed the sun. And I was like reading my book, so just that's be- pretty cool. Actually, I was just、um, talking to other people, you know, about you know what what to do if you can't go out. And one of the things that you know we were joking about is you could literally just stare out your window, <laughs> even if you're staring into somebody else's apartment. apartment you know, at least you you you're actually looking outward versus just inward. <laughs> and there is somewhat of a view. It's not the best view. But it's some kind of a view, I suppose. <laughs> What have you been up to?、Um, I mostly have been, you know, at home, just working from home. There was a period of time where I didn't leave the house for four days,、um, and I sat in my pajamas、uh, for four days, which was very strange experience. But I'm definitely glad that I'm not doing that again now. <laughs> I'm trying to leave the apartment, even if it is just to throw out the garbage.、Yeah. I think it's a it's a, it's a good thing to just get out of the house a little bit. And breathe some fresh air. Yes. <laughs> Can you、um, tell us a little bit about, you know, in a way, what you think, you know, now this time would be like, you know,、uh, when everything is over, like when things calm down? What do you imagine Hong Kong would look like? I feel like people would not take going out for granted. Like before, we used to see it more of like a daily task, like you know, like oh, I have to go to work, I have to go to school. But I think now people will maybe appreciate it a bit more. <laughs> And after this whole like you know, staying in. After this whole lockdown, yeah, like I feel like even the daily tasks, like, will just start to like appreciate a bit more. <laughs> yeah, and I just really hope this situation like.
like is over as soon as possible and especially if we think this is hard for us we should also think about like other groups in our community you know like the homeless or like people who can't afford to have like a safe environment to like stay in so we should also be thinking about them and we should try to do whatever we can to like help them out thanks so much and on that note we'll wrap up today thank you so much for joining us and we hope to hear from you soon thank you for having me <laughs> thanks for listening this hong kong life is an initiative of kelly support group we are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in hong kong if you like the show please subscribe and get new episodes every week we would love to hear from you nominate yourself or a friend to share next or drop us a note at h-k-l-i-f-e at k-e-l-y dot o-r-g that's hongkonglife at kelly dot org see you next time <laughs>